You are listening to 88.9 KUCI-FM in Irvine. The views and opinions expressed here do not necessarily represent those of KUCI-UC Irvine, nor those of the UC Board of Regents. We were able to be all these things and do all these things because we were informed by great men, men who were revered. First step in solving any problem is recognizing there is one. America is not the greatest country in the world anymore. You are listening to Mission to Civilize. And welcome back to Mission to Civilize. My name is Sahil Malik. I'm going to be your host. I'm here in studio with my two other guest hosts, Tom Bindenwald. How are you, sir? I'm doing great. Thank you. And Kanoe Lani, how are you? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm good. And ter- well, okay. No, I've been better. The Yankees, <laughs> I are, know. The Yankees are getting dismantled. Had to ask. Yeah. And, I mean, I know you threw it out there because it was going to po- poke vent? the bear. No, not a lot. I mean, a little bit. Okay. But we could, we could, you know, hijack this and yeah. do, the, do the real topic uh, next week if you like. No, I'm just, I'm just sad. That's all. I just, the Yankees are being embarrassed by their biggest rival and it's, I'm not happy. That's all. Um, anyways, <laughs> so we've got some guests with us in the studio. We do. Yeah. So check this out. Uh, we've got a trainee. How are you? Say hi, Yvette. Say hi from the back. Hi. And then uh, our my show neighbor from the last half hour. Hi. Elizabeth. Yeah, there she is. She's uh, my uh, my mentee this quarter, so she came in to watch us. And then uh, our already active DJ, Mikey Walkup. How are you, sir? Hello. Doing great. Yeah, there it is. You might, you might know that voice from what time is your show? Thursdays at midnight. Thursdays at midnight. So if you guys are around at that time and you're listening to what do you what kind of music do you do reggae dub ska and dance hall all right so if you're into reggae dubstep ska and dance hall dub not dubstep dubstep my bad i apologize <laughs> uh thursdays at midnight mikey's show uh tom when is your show by the way we didn't ask well mine is uh this morning six to eight on tuesdays what kind of show do you do i feature women music uh all women music artists and bands and solo performers and my wife also co-hosts with me and and does classical music. That's so cute. Okay. And you're a comedian, by the way, right? Um, In the works. What does that mean? I would not call myself a comedian, but how about amateur and or aspiring? Okay, so you're a comedian. Yeah, that's what I, I mean. I try, I try. Okay, all right, that's fair enough. All right, so anyways, now that we've done some more intro stuff, this is Mission to Civilize. My name is Sahil, like I said earlier. This show is, it's an expose. It's a 30-minute look per week on a single topic where we kind of dive into the history where things are at now and how we're going to move forward with them. We try to obviously get the most expert opinions if we can get interviews. We try to make sure that our sources are double-checked and our facts are all accurate. And, you know, we're, we're giving you an actual look in and on the issues rather than kind of just hitting those hot-button topics every week. If you were with us last week, we actually talked about Puerto Rico. I thought we, we all agreed that that was our biggest, the first thing that we should talk about because it was so important. So many American lives being touched and needing help. So um, all of our all of our old uh, uh, the way I guess the way we formatted the show is so that all of our old stuff can be listened to from behind and so it's going to be on the KUCI podcast page so please uh, do check that out if you want to if you're ever interested in learning about a segment that you heard about it's all there and they obviously have that replay quality because they're news and podcast format um, but this week we're going to talk about something that touches home to me and um, well I know your dad was in the military as well. And uh, I've had some family in the military. I had a cousin use a firearm to take his own life recently. So we're going to be talking about gun control in the United States. And uh, Tom, how about you? Is anything anything ever touched home with uh, firearms for you? Yeah, I uh, own one. Oh, and you I, and I passed the test. Wow! Back Whoa! Two thousand. 
Whoa, hang on. I did not see that coming. You own a gun? <laughs> I own a Beretta 9mm semi-automatic gun. Wow. Yes. Oh, wow. Wow, this entire thing just changed like <laughs> 180 degrees for a me. A hush fell like, over the room. I was not... I've known you for like two years now, Tom. I had no idea. I think I mentioned that to you. I I don't remember this feeling before, so well, I'll say I, that. I did mention the, the key things. Every gun is loaded, and you only point a gun at somebody if you're going to use it. Well, so. every gun is loaded. Every microphone is hot. You know what I mean? Every camera is so streaming. That, that's so. why people need to be responsible if they own these, and that's, so, why, yes. we need, that's why we gun need control appropriate gun control. does touch home with Tom pretty <laughs> Pretty, for uh, good reason. For good and reason. And by touch right. home is at home. Yeah, literally. So, uh, how about you guys? How about the other three you guys? Anything, anything in your lives that personally that you, that I can relay to our audience? I mean, I, my father has several guns that he takes me to the shooting range. Mikey, so. Mikey's an avid shooting range yeah. fan with his dad. So, I have a couple bolt action rifles, a couple of semi-automatic pistols. Uh, my uncle has some rifles and pistols my cousin okay so you come from a long history of using firearms in your family is what everyone I mean. loves guns yeah yes. all right well I, we should i mean mikey's from like or oklahoma so <laughs> i mean sure. if you're from a red state come on that's not something that's it's all the family members that are from armenia that have the guns oh well yeah you know what <laughs> they're still from a red state <laughs> listen i'm from texas dude that's the guns are a lot more freely freely available in texas to like purchase like that's just the bottom line like I, 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 we'll get into that, obviously. Um, but uh, yeah, let's do this. Let's get into it. We we have that was a solid five. That was only five minutes. I thought that was ten minutes. Oh man! <laughs> All right, we should get into the topic though. So, like I said earlier, this is Mission to Civilize. We're talking about gun control this week, and uh, let's do let's just, let's jump into that. We're going to start off with the history segment. Tom is going to take over, and he's going to kind of give us more current landscape of where things are at and how things can kind of move forward, and. You know, always through in in, in between, uh, Kanoe's gonna she's gonna like interject and let us know what she thinks and if she has questions. And at the end, we'll leave it up for her discussion. And actually, if our audience has anything that they want to have explained or something like that, we'll find out from there too. But uh, we're gonna turn to Kanoe for the introduction to our topic. All right. So uh, I feel like gun control is quite a hot topic. It's something that's tossed around a lot in discussion. Um, however, again, as me being kind of the Senian as a I guess, representative what the average person may know. Um, I feel like it's only what we know, what we think we know is only just a fragment of what is really out there. So let's uh, let's first define what gun, gun control really is. And it is, uh, thank you, Wikipedia, set of laws awesome. or policies that regulate the manufacture, sale, transfer, possession, modification, or use of firearms by civ uh, civilians. Now, um... As you know, there have been in the past just decades so many mass shootings from Sandy Hook to the Pulse nightclub in Orlando all the way till Vegas well, last I mean, year. Like Jacksonville like four days ago, right? So Right. Uh, yeah. Parkland Yeah, I mean, earlier, uh, was that earlier this year, I believe, in February? The Sikh temple in Wisconsin was shot. Sorry, that's just a personal. No, absolutely. Yeah, like they opened fire on a bunch of Sikhs because they thought they were Muslim. So. That hits right on the next point, which is... What we know, what shootings or gun-related violence that we see in the media is only a small window into really how much gun violence and mass shootings are really out there. Um, for most, uh, I heard on the news just today, and I I wish I knew which news station, I believe it was CNN, uh, take this with a grain of salt. Uh, people define 
uh, based on this news network, define a mass shooting as uh, the killing of more than five or more people. And so take into account how many shootings there are where less than five people died or were injured that weren't considered uh, mass or were only mentioned um, amongst a list and just pooled as uh, shootings that were miscellaneous. So there's only so much that we know, very so little. And so um, also when it comes to just gun possession, uh, there's so many, uh, there's such a divisive uh, divisive uh, topic of gun control, gun ownership, where it's it's black or white for most people, pro or anti, anti-gun. And so, um, yeah, so what we're going to do here is uh, turn it over to Sahil, and we're going to talk about the history of gun control and how it's kind of came to be. Yeah, okay, so let's jump into the history. Let's, let's find out a little bit about where America has kind of started and how we kind of gotten to where we're at today in 2018 with with mass shootings kind of being something that I just hear in the news all the time. And so post the civil post civil war in 1813, Kentucky has the first real piece of like legislation that we ever see where a state tries to regulate the federal or excuse me, tries to regulate a concealed carry uh, ban. Uh, it it's, ends up being struck down, but it sends, essentially creates uh, Bliss versus Commonwealth, which is a case that's taken to the Supreme Court, and it, it, it establishes self-defense laws for the, the first time in the U.S. Supreme Court. Uh, obviously, post-Civil War, the 14th Amendment was a big deal, equal protection under the law, and now you had uh, black American citizens looking to exercise their Second Amendment right, purchase guns, and all of a sudden... We had issues, obviously, because there's still a lot of racism that we still deal with currently, and I'm sure even worse than trying to keep the guns out of you know black Americans' hands. So the 14th Amendment became a huge part of the gun control discussion as we tried to keep you know guns from certain people, and then um, that that led us in the mid 1800s to to the National Firearms Act in 1929. So it was the St. Valentine's Day massacre, and if you guys don't know about that it's essentially it was i think it was the chicago mob do you know what was the who was the the famous gangster from that I, I this was my duty to know i know but do you remember from saint valentine's day massacre you've heard of that right al capone, uh, al capone. oh yeah That's okay what so, I was gonna guess. yeah al capone basically you know through use of basic sawed off shotguns tommy guns um and another a, a set of just extremely dangerous weapons that they were able to purchase legally uh the saint valentine's day massacre happened and uh, the National Firearms Esta- Act was established to like limit serious weapons such as sawed-off shotguns, Tommy guns, assault rifles, extended clips. Um, you know, like now as of recently, like bump stocks. Uh, and it also formed the ATF, which is the Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms. So the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms is what regulates the sale, purchase, and co- essentially the commerce of guns throughout the United States. And um, Speaking of the commerce of, ni- the, of the United States, in 1963, as we were talking about earlier, Tom, President Kennedy was assassinated, and five years later, the Gun Control Act was placed into law, which was essentially regulations, formal regulations of interstate commerce of guns, cataloging them and being able to kind of just share information back and forth on what guns were being sold, and uh, essentially establishing the real first, uh, well, the second, another second serious federal gun control um Act, and then that lay, led us to 1989, where the Federal Assault Weapons Ban, which 
uh, is will not no longer law anymore because it expired in 2004 and Republican congressmen and leadership have kind of stopped that from being revoted on. But 1989, after the assassination of President or assassination attempt of President Reagan and the successful assassination of John Lennon. Speaking of which, it is his birthday today. Happy um, so, birthday! Yeah, so happy birthday, John Lennon. Unfortunately. Uh, you got shot down, but we're using you as an evidence for why we need more gun control, well, at least why I think we need more gun control. Um, so the federal assault ban is becomes law after those two huge, um, huge assassination and assassination attempts. Um, I mean, I want to backtrack a little bit and mention that in the 1970s, the National Rifle Association or the NRA uh, decided to go from being just a strictly firearm safety group to now a political advocation for uh guns and gun rights because of the the gun control act of the of the after the kennedy assassination and that and after 1974 and the gun control act and the federal assault bans um the the brady act which was initially introduced in 1974 um became law in 2001 and uh, like i said earlier the assault weapons ban at that point expires in 2004 and in 2008 another set of supreme court cases came to light us versus heller they were essentially Supreme Court cases that said that citizens do have the right to have firearms. So now we've got even more legal precedent. And then it leads us all the way to 2016, where President Obama tried to introduce what he called common sense gun control, essentially federal background checks, checks for mentally ill, um, criminal checks, uh, wh whatever, it, whatever it may be, just according to him, essentially just common laws, common sense laws. Um, that should be it should be noticed that by the way that none of his gun control positions were ever pl put into place and he he received an like an f grade for most of the grading scale of like gun control for our president so okay but uh speaking of obama's gun control position uh we'd like to backtrack real quick i think i said 71 the brady bill was introduced i think tom you were mentioning that it was introduced when past 84 87 was it so 87. 90. Okay, so yeah, I apologize. The Brady Bill was introduced to Congress in 87. But uh, yes, that still leads us to now your part. So yeah, that is the history and timeline of where we've kind of been with gun control. So Tom, take off. Alrighty. So guns are a big deal because they're actually a right in the Constitution. The Second Amendment says a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be <laughs> infringed. Notice that uh, ar armies are allowed only by states, by the way. States regulate the militia, and I think approximately somewhere between 19 and 21 states actually have independent armies, and the rest are pretty much called the National Guard. Well, I mean, they're all can be federalized by the president, so... right. Then there's also two other in interesting amendments that are important, I think, in the, this discussion, as well as the Second Amendment. So we do have a specific right. And then the Ninth Amendment says, the enumeration in the Constitution of certain rights shall not be construed to deny or disparage others, probably rights, retained by the people, okay, which has been used often when think like civil civil rights laws. And then the Tenth Amendment, another equally important one, the powers not delegated to the United States by the Congress, nor prohibited by it to the states, are reserved to states, respectively, or to the people. 
which is a nice way. Those two things are a nice way of saying if the Congress comes up with new amendments, of course, they can make them and enumerate new rights, which can then be added to the Constitution through that process. And secondly, states have a lot of authority to to initiate laws, create laws that as long as they are in keeping with the U.S. Constitution are valid laws. Therefore, my big point on gun control, while we've heard a lot of, you know, we know the difficulties of getting federal law passed about certain things, and we've seen that, unfortunately, in, in some common sense things, such as it really is common sense that you should have a background check. I went through a background check in California 15 days. I don't care if it took 150 days. Right. It, it wouldn't have mattered to me. It, it's a good thing to make sure people have and their heads screwed Speaking on. of that, I don't mean to, of course, interrupt, but California being the highest graded state in the union in regards to its gun control positions. So I think like when you look at the, the, the states that are listed as worst in gun control positions, it's pretty typical like South Dakota, Arizona, you know what I mean? Um, you know, just just real, real red states. So well, I Arizona. There, I think it's there are almost there are reasons that that certain almost. states most likely have more restrictive or better defined gun control laws. One of them, I think, is just the fact that when you have large cities, large populations, obviously, guns become a much bigger factor in crime that goes on just in sheer volume so obviously it becomes an issue that the state must address pretty substantially now on the other hand as president obama said and and other people have said including you know republicans and democrats both have said it really just baffles the mind why anybody would say geez you don't want a background check you don't want to make sure the person's a convicted felon you know you doesn't have a, a, you know, seven convictions for well, you know domestic violence. So, with that said, and like that, I said, my I had a family member who recently took their own life with, through a use of firearm, and this man had a had a very lengthy record of instability, like mental instability, yeah. like mental health yeah. issues, and it, it kind of just baffles me that that even in the strictest state in the entire union, he was still able to get a gun, and he had ha- hung on to that gun for years before he finally decided to take his own life, and. Like whether and now, admittedly, I, I mentioned this earlier. I, I wanted to actually defend the NRA to a certain degree, now because they have been a huge proponent of you know keeping guns in people's hands and fighting against gun control laws. But a, a big issue is that like realistically, when we look at it, Wall Street outspends the NRA five to one in as far as platform and agenda that they're trying to get passed. So the NRA isn't like that big of a deal. Like more so, what we're really seeing is like as like times have become a little bit more politicized republican leadership just refusing to take away like that refusing to move like even allow these th- these types of votes to come to congress to pass or to even be voted on because they just know flat out that if they do that in a common sense level that most people do support it when you when you poll the country most people support a fairly good amount of widespread reform on the issue and so then you got to really ask yourself like why is it that it's not happening now of course, we all know the the opposition views, right? Why people think guns should be well. I'm actually I want to just focus on some things that states and the federal government can do right now over the course of the next six months to a year. Okay. Okay. States have within their authority to enact 
what I think would be the most appropriate gun control measure possible, which is without violating your right to have something, you would have to, you can go out and buy the gun, but you had to pass a test, a competency test, just like I have the right to own an airplane. Okay, I don't really have a right to own an airplane. I mean, I can go buy an airplane, but I do not have the right to fly it. I have to pass a competency test for that particular class of aircraft and for the the style of flying I want to do. We should apply the same thing. You register your gun when you buy it. All guns sales should be through only license, state license. We well, yeah, gun shows and, being and, a huge and, issue. And, and federal license. Because the interstate, you know, interstate commerce, interstate commerce law that you pointed out about guns, that would cover the, you know, the movement and sale of guns across state lines. And every state should just say, you must be a licensed gun dealer. Now, gun dealers wouldn't be allowed to sell ammunition because in order to get ammunition, you'd have to pass your competency test on the particular weapon that you want to own. The state would have the right to limit the number and types of guns that you have, okay? And they can do that right now, right today. They're, you can just you can work through your state legislature. Now, true, they're going to be there's going to be a, a a difference between states, but so be it. You there's no argument. There's no any blockage that's going to occur, you know, at the federal level. States have that right. It's granted to them in the Constitution because, like I said, right there in, in the, uh, the, 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 tenth, the Tenth Amendment that the power is not delegated to the United States by, by the Constitution nor, nor prohibited by it, by it to states are reserved to the states, respectively, or to the people. In other words, if the Constitution doesn't say the federal government is controls this domain, then you can control your domain as long as it falls within the existing constitutional rights granted. So you're not taking away anybody's right to own a gun. You're just saying, okay, you can own the gun. You can't buy ammunition because you're not competent. you gotta, you got to prove that you're competent. Hey, we all had to register our vehicles and and get a driver's license to drive pilots have to get a pilot's license they had to they had to actually be registered on various types of aircraft same thing should apply to guns there's no reason why it shouldn't be done and there's nothing wrong with the state just simply saying what is the reason that you need you know the second gun or the third gun or the 15th gun that you have what's the reason that you need this type of gun so like a dmv for guns and gun ownership which we already have and exist the <laughs> ATF well I'm, I'm just saying each state should really you know take that up we should stop you know banging our head against the wall getting upset and waiting for the federal government to do it when every state has within its authority the ability to do this. So let's get that done. Then, once you pass your competency test, you go to a different regulated store, and that's where you buy your ammunition. And the two shall not be within, well, whatever the state wants to regulate it, like within two miles of each other, within, you know, uh, you know, they're zoned to certain locations. This would, you know, help prevent that. Now, with that said, 
we've got, of course, the problem with guns moving between people illegally. We had the illegal modification of guns, manufacturing of guns, distribution of guns from a a wide variety of sources. Of course, that's going to happen. It's unfortunate, but it happens. You You can legalize anything, and you still, to this day, I think the first or second most committed uh, dodging of taxes in Europe is paying tax on cigarettes, for example. Now, cigarettes are legal. It's legal for you to sell them. It's legal for you to transport them. But, of course, you've got a whole market that's there, you know, that that's, that's dodging around I mean, of course, I mean, black markets exist irrespective of, yeah, dodgy, of legality. Dod, dodgy market, right. Yeah. And, 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 you know, we're, we're going to have to deal with it, but, you know, we can, you know, Technology has gotten better. We're solving. We're, we're able to, you know, track down things. On the federal level, the the issue of having a database, and we and those databases have been created, uh, and it's essentially become much easier post 9/11 for the government to work with states and to collect information about crimes and fingerprints and DNA and all the other, you know, naughty naughty things that people do we have all this great information to track you down and i, and I and think that it, also speaks to a big issue that i kind of believe is hindering the federal government is that access to technology and databases where if things were a little bit more technically advanced they, that spread of information could be so fluid you know what i mean like these are things that we we regularly do on the internet all the time but the federal government is just kind of lacking a little bit in the well, sense of it, like yeah, it's, it, it's, it's difficult to know what, what they're lacking because they, they do keep their, their cards close to their vest. But, uh, I mean, just watch some stuff, no, you what, know, what, FBI uh, files, and you find out the FBI is a pretty pretty good law enforcement no, 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 agency. No, not, not what I'm saying at all. What, what I'm just saying, what I'm trying to say is that the, the ability to spread information back and forth is so easy nowadays with the Internet yes. that this is something that we can do and very easily. It's just something that hasn't happened because the federal government hasn't caught up with that type of, if you, like I said, when you think about it on a private level, spreading well, information like that, like we we, we bank online, okay, we we do our health care yeah, online. Yeah, but there there are some restrictions on the federal government, and that is not only the enumerated right to certain privacy, such as you know s- searches, but there's also implied rights to privacy that have been brought up in numerous instances. Okay, so that's one of the areas that they'll attack a federal law is they'll say your right to privacy and well, I get I guess they have a point so we have we're actually going to leave at the 28 mark because we've got some awesome outro music uh, by the way I don't mean to interrupt and totally change the subject but yeah um, I what I wanted why I wanted to stop us is because that leaves us with two minutes and I wanted to see if you had anything on your mind and if you wanted to say anything any comments questions concerns where are you at so i did want to comment on one i wanted to ask you tom uh what was your process through going through um getting your uh background check how how excessive was it at the time in 2000 uh you provided them information it's about a 15-day process probably took about 20 some odd days business you know business days the process was pretty simple Nothing, nothing super difficult. Let's put it that way, and certainly didn't break my heart to have to wait. Yeah. Oh, and the testing is good. The testing is that time you did have to take a written test, and and I would definitely be open to taking uh, a regular test. You know, going to a class and then taking a test and proving that I know how to use, you know, my firearm safely. 
Right. Okay. And uh, you said you had a comment? I mean, I mean, um, as far as the comment I had in the beginning regarding how most people consume this type of information, uh, generally, it's very political. However, when it comes to um, my age group or generation at this time, like uh, anything we know, it's only grazing the topic. For example, I love stand-up comedy, as you know. And uh, you actually showed me that gun control bit by Jim Jeffries. Right. Very informative. Very informative. And even though it is not from that I, not if I not that we know if any of that stuff was accurate or not. I actually looked into it. Yeah. Oh, okay. okay so, so he's very informative, and that's what I love about um, comedy. I think there are so many platforms or so many individuals within the platform of humor, comedy, and uh, like take Trevor Noah. Very political, very informative, still speaks the truth within a humorous tone to make things more easily digestible. Right. Um, it's, I think that's only one form of providing information to a generation like us and getting us to understand in a way that like we're willing and open to. Okay. All right. So I guess passing information on in a more appropriate way. I guess that, well, that's that's what this show is for. So I guess that, that we're, we're, we're a part of the solution, not the problem. Um, all right, well, that's it. We're all out of time. We're actually cutting it thin here. I'll, I'll make the music a little bit, a little bit uh, shorter. What is it? Sienta Mi Amor by um, Selma Hayek. So Once Upon a Time in Mexico. So that'll be our outro music. But uh, that's it. Um, we're out of here. This has been Mission to Civilize. We have been discussing gun control. I hope you guys enjoy. We'll be back next week. Do we remember? Anyone remember what next week's topic is? It's a social issue, I believe. Yes, it'll be oh, a yes, surprise. Oh, yes, veganism. Oh, veganism. Oh, yeah. I'm excited. I know you wanted to talk about that, so let's, we'll, we'll be doing that. So we'll be back next week with Mission to Civilize for Kanoe and Tom. I'm Sahil signing off, and you guys have a great afternoon. Thanks. Save.